You are now listening to In The Trench. It's been a long time. It's been a while since we've done an in-person interview. And for those of you watching, first of all, welcome back to another episode of In The Trench. I've already mentioned it in previous episodes, but we now have a genuine audio setup. What do you think, Nicole? I really love it. You guys can actually hear Nicole now. <laughs> but we have to see what we have. We to need to clean it. up some stuff, but don't worry about that. Yeah, don't worry about that. Motley. Hey. Court. Can, I think you have to be a little bit closer to the mic so people can. You got it. There you go. <laughs> so, what's your name? Other than Motley. <laughs> uh, well, my real name is Hernan Rodriguez, originally from Venezuela. Like I say, I gotta apologize for my accent. My English is pretty fucked up, but yeah, I think we can make it work. Um, yeah, people call me Motley. Nice. Well, <laughs> Motley is actually a like family friend and from what we understand you're one of the most interesting people that there are around <laughs> <laughs> well yeah uh, i have a very interesting uh, life <laughs> if you can say it i guess um i'm a musician i used to be a professional fighter um coming a little bit closer yeah uh, i was a musician like i say again i say again i was a musician uh, i used to be a professional fighter and um uh done all kinds of crazy stuff in my life i guess and you fly planes i did fly a plane yesterday <laughs> Unbelievable. so yesterday you you had a concert yesterday right Sorry? did you not have a concert yesterday no i just was drinking and you know practicing stuff i, oh, I drinking was, and then i was flying. playing yeah i was playing uh the whole weekend on on, on sunday today is a tuesday am i allowed to say that it's a tuesday yeah okay <clears throat> Listen, I thought today was Thursday for the longest time. <laughs> okay. I've been completely out of whack. Yeah, two days ago, I have two two big shows. And yesterday was like a rest. But then I end up flying a plane. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, no like you do, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's my life. Well, that's not just your life. There's a lot more, right? A little bit more of that, yeah. yeah. So, let's start with... The professional fighting part, because okay, yeah, I'm nice. a huge UFC fan. Nice. I got Nicole to start watching. Well, she watches YouTubers fight. That's okay. her form of. No, but I like everybody else <laughs> because of you. I got into watching some UFC fights. Um, <laughs> so what professional fighter, how, how did that work? What, what organization? What's your specialty? Well, um, this was a long time ago. I started doing trains, I'm sorry, training for MMA around 1996, 1997. And I did several professional fights in Venezuela. Never did professional fights in the United States uh, for different reasons. And I did win uh, national championships on, on different organizations for jiu-jitsu specific okay, cool. here in the United States. Now, in Venezuela, I did MMA, but basically, back in the day, it wasn't called MMA at that time when I was doing it. It was called Valetudo. And in Venezuela, the, the terminology was starting to come in, and they call it Valetodo, and that's it. The rules were completely different. 
you know, uh, back in the day was just one round of one hour, no gloves. You're not supposed to uh, bite or uh, eye gouging or hooks. And that was pretty much all. all Everything else. Everything goes after that. Everything goes. Like that, like the original UFC. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. They, that was brutal. Yeah. And I did three professional fights over there and never lost. Never lost in professional. We have an undefeated professional fighter in the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, back in the day was completely different than what it is right now. Uh, back in the day was still, I, my, my last fight was in 2001. And even by that time, it was still uh, uh, styles versus styles. So basically, I was representing jiu-jitsu, even that I did other martial arts prior jiu-jitsu, but I was representing the school, and I was fighting specifically a guy that did wrestling or a guy that did karate. My last fight was like one of the best prepared guys I had, and he was... Uh, black belt for degree in kung fu or something like that and professional uh professional amateur boxer in venezuela so you know it was basically his style against my style so you can in back in the day we were trying to demonstrate the the, the, the efficiency of jiu-jitsu so now you don't need to do that everybody knows what jiu-jitsu can do and you know it's it's a more rounded game like you don't want to compare the fighters from that time to the fighters right now no of course not evolution or the sport or the sport yeah yeah so i actually had a um i, I did jujitsu as well oh, and nice. i had my jujitsu coach come in his name's mauricio gomez mm -hmm. shout out to mauricio he is a the instructor at um instructor at uh, american top team what school at western american top western. team american but top he um he he learned with who Livorio. with baga i don't know what are we boca baga baga yeah all I, all I know is that he he got accepted into like the American top team headquarters to train, mm -hmm. and that's where people like Amanda Nunez are, people like um, we got other fighters. Uh, there's some uh, Jorge Masvidal uh, mm -hmm. trains there, and uh, he's in the process of training with them. He spars with them. He rolls with them, and the whole goal for him is eventually to get into UFC as well. So we were talking about what the most important basis for MMA is. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, a good jujitsu slash wrestler will beat a boxer any day in an MMA fight because all they need to do is get them to the ground. And if the boxer doesn't have a good ground defense, game over. Yes and no. By my experience, I can tell you, of course, we're talking about professional fighters. Of course. Of course. But I've seen it in, in the flesh. There's, you know... The, the, this is the other this is the other side I, I always have like a like a two sides to every story uh my dad was uh, a very high hierarchy cop in venezuela like a kind of the fbi here in venezuela it was called policia tecnica judicial which is basically the fbi and my dad was a high hierarchy guy there so he would teach me on the street that we would go out at night and check the stuff for real, like why it works, why it doesn't work. And I can tell you, a good wrestler always needs some kind of striking. A good jiu-jitsu guy always needs some kind of striking. You see, when you put wrestling and jiu-jitsu together, there's a hole there. Why? And why I say this? Because when you are in the street, 
every every situation is different, okay? But for example, the the worst situation that you can be is in the typical alley. There's nobody there. Then nobody's gonna come, and you are you have to fight with a guy until one of both of you get knocked out. So you always try to figure it out what is what is his game. If it's a guy that only does jujitsu and wrestling, and in the other side you have a guy that knows how to box, he might hit you and good night. Good night. And good night. And I've seen it several times during my whole. But, but you're talking day. street fight. Street fight. So in street fighting, I agree. In street yeah. fighting, I completely agree that strikers, in my opinion, have an upper hand against wrestlers. The only reason being because in street fighting, when you're wrestling someone, it's not going to be as comfortable to be wrestling on asphalt. Versus in the MMA world, I feel like you have, if a jiu-jitsu, in my opinion, if a really high-level jiu-jitsu wrestler has medium striking, but has really, really good takedown offense, if they just focus, like Khabib. Correct. That's the best example. You can Khabib isn't a striker. Correct. If you put Khabib in a boxing match against Connor, Connor wins the first round, second round. Mm-hmm. It's over. But Khabib takes has really good striking defense. Correct. And he has the best striking offense probably we've ever seen. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, 100%. I mean, taking out the professional fighters, because the thing is, when you talk about professional fighters, at one point or another, they did every single discipline. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't jump in the UFC. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and even less at this level. But for a regular person, I always recommend you two styles. And, it's, and, and that's the funny part. When you train two styles, the other style help your main style. So for example, if you're a karate guy, and I saw this bunch because in Venezuela, there was a very, very big community that did karate, and they started doing jiu-jitsu. Their karate went to the roof. Okay, uh, and a good example of that is Mashida. He had an amazing karate, and, and, and it make everybody in the UFC back in the day when the guy came, nobody understand what he was doing. No, he was on top. But what allows him to do that is you know, the peace of mind that if somebody take him down like a wrestler, he have the jiu-jitsu to defend and go back and keep doing his stuff. Don't get me wrong, jiu-jitsu forever. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be careful. You know, in the in the reality of stuff, jiu-jitsu demonstrate back in the nineties that is is way superior in many cases to the other stuff because basically they evolved to do that to beat each one of the other stuff, of the other type of martial arts. But in nowadays, now the secret's out, so you gotta... You gotta step become up. well-rounded. Yeah, you gotta step up. Who's your favorite fighter? UFC. UFC right now, wow. Uh, Khabib is amazing. Uh, John Bon Jones is amazing. He's, he's my favorite in the of all time. Yeah, he's uh, athletics, everything. Those fighters, I mean, back in the day, I used to train so much. Like, the eight-hour days was normal to, to, to fight professionally. And the level wasn't even there. So I don't even know how these guys sleep, knowing that there is somebody training so much. Because in the end, you have to do it like that. Like if you decide to be professional and you decide, most of those guys don't, doesn't decide, don't, don't decide that. Most of those guys just have nothing else. It's, they have to do it. So um, the, the, the amount of training that you have to put is ridiculous. Ridiculous. So it's funny you say that because I completely agree with the fact that 
the best fighters are the ones that come from nothing and that's all they have. And I also agree that when they have it all, that's when they become not as great. Correct. In my opinion, the best example is Conor McGregor. He came from the uh, slums what was of the, Ireland. What, he was, was a janitor. The, yeah, what was the girl? Uh, uh, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. She was amazing. Got to the top. Got a bad camp because everybody told her, oh, you are the best, you are the best, you are the best. The level of training started going down psychologically, psychologically and physically. And she started. And she looked. In my opinion, Ronda Rousey is one of the weakest athletes of all time. And the only reason I say that, not, not weak strong, weak here, mm -hmm. because when she lost her first fight and she got dogged for that fight she lost, she, um, I'm going to kill myself. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go kill myself because I lost. Like, when you start talking like that because you thought you were so good, you're never going to lose. Like, you know, she, I, 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 I will, I will, you know, I, I completely understand what you're saying, but you got to understand, too, that they're uh, betting on everything. No, I understand. Like, that people is betting on everything. What else she have? I don't know if she went to college or anything. I have no idea. Well, at that point, Ronda was already in movies. She already... Because when she lost that fight, I don't think she That's ever fought true. it. She was in the... Uh, Fast and the Furious. And Expendables or something like that, too. She was in Expendables and Fast and the Furious. Right. Wow. And um, now she's in WWE and... She's, she's not going to... She already knows that there's no... To me, there's nobody on the planet that will ever touch a man than Nunez. It's just, it's such a huge gap between her and the next best. And her. She's Venezuelan, no, Amanda Nunes? She's Brazilian. Brazilian. Yeah, she's Brazilian. It was another Venezuelan, but they were two. I, I follow as close I, I, as I used to follow back in the day because of work and life. Uh, because of drinking, then flying planes. <laughs> <and> then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the flying plane was. Then a concert after flying the plane, flying the plane into the concert. Oh my God, that, that, that was a scary. Nikki, who's your favorite fighter? Who's my favorite fighter? Mm -hmm. You. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really watch it that much that to know people. But um, I really. Oh, oh, um, Silva. Anderson Silva is my favorite because he's Brazilian. Yeah, because he's Brazilian. That's Anderson Silva was my favorite growing up. Him and Leoto Machido were my favorite. But then GSP became my favorite. GSP is amazing. And then John Bones Jones. To me, John Bones Jones is the greatest of all time. I have him in number one. Number two, I have George St. Pierre. Number three, I have Khabib. Khabib could be number one. He just doesn't fight enough. He's retired is, too early. For you and me, it's, 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 you know, it's, we are several generations apart. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I basically was there when everything was growing and exploding. And, you know, so I, I'm one of those generations that was basically touched by Rickson Gracie. It sounds weird. But, you know, everybody talked back in the day about... The Gracie Rick's, family was untouchable. Rick's Rickson yeah. was in another level. And then I went to Brazil and I have the amazing opportunity to, to train with a bunch of uh, different, uh, uh, you know, different schools and different people. One of them was uh, Fabio Rugel in Alliance in, in Sao Paulo. And... You know, when Fabio Rugel tells you that he went to train to to check uh, Rickson Gracie, and the only thing that he learned was how to tap. <laughs> <laughs> but that time, Fabio Rugel was, you know, he never lost at that time when I went to train. After that, he lost with Margarita for the first time ever. But, you know, Fabio Rugel is one of those legends. And him telling you that, you're like, 
Whoa. Because the Gracie family, they were in the future. Like they were they were the ones. They were the ones who who pioneered modern day jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And they their their camps are still like regarded as the best camps around. Like uh the Gracie there's a Gracie camp in Weston, there's a Gracie camp in I believe in, in Fort Lauderdale there's one. In Miami and North Miami, Pedro mm-hmm. Valente. I trained with him, an amazing teacher too. You still roll? No, not anymore. I should, but uh, well, fights, bar fights doesn't count. But I, I roll. <laughs> I roll as much as I can when something like that happened. <laughs> um, I remember when I came to the States, uh, the American Top Team wasn't established yet. And my teacher from Venezuela, Francisco Salvador, is a very good friend of uh, Liborio and of course Balhunja. So I came here and we went to train with the guys, you know, like the, because that was basically the Carson Gracie team. They got separated and they, they formed the Brazilian top team. And then they came here, several, you know, we helped bring some American people and they created the American top team, but the American top team wasn't established yet. And it was called Boca Black Belts. And it was in Boca Raton. And it was a small school, and you will, you will go there, and everybody was there. From it was just black belts? And the best of the best. Like, we're talking about Jeff Munson, Liborio, uh, Marcel Ferreira, uh, counted several fighters from the UFC, several fighters from the Pride, all of them there. And, you know, we rolled with them. They let us roll. They knew that we were from the people from Venezuela, and... and and Marcel Ferreira was there. Marcel Ferreira went several times to Venezuela. And he actually, he actually was my coach for my fellow fight. And just an amazing experience to, to roll with that type of athlete. Because, you know, each school is like a different athlete. You see like the Carson Gracie, which is American top team. They are all in shape. It's, you know, like a competitive like sport, like super hard. The, the graces are more like to the self-defense. So you see that they are more lean, you know, they're more for like the self-defense for like day-to-day stuff. Uh, the alliances are, are super slick. Um, the barra graces are super technical. Like, I mean, each one, each school has something different. I, I, I was uh, lucky enough to train with several different guys from different schools. It's very cool. And I'm sure that helps us segue into how your fighting helps you as a musician in a band. Well, because you're in a few bands, right? And yeah, I've been in several bands. You, uh, you know, uh, you know. And now we have to always talk about before and after COVID. Okay. So before COVID, I was playing with like twelve bands. Well, what what do you do? Are you singer, musician, bass player? Bass now, player. now I'm a singer too. Now you're a singer. So COVID, I had to, you know, work. Let's, let's let's keep a tally on the board. Singer, bass player. Any other mu- any other instruments? Not for now, but okay. For now, no. <laughs> singer, bass player, accomplished MMA fighter. Uh, pilot. Air p- pilot. <laughs> and Corona drinker. Corona drinker. Corona drinker. And a Warhammer fanatic, which we'll get to in a little bit. Oh yeah. Can't wait for that one. Well, but, um, and he's bilingual. Trilingual. Trilingual. My bad. Yeah, Any more? Any I, more languages? I understand Russian because my family is Russian. My mom. 
and a little bit of Italian because you know I have sisters in Italy and stuff. And but personally, I speak English, Spanish. I understand Portuguese because of her. Um, I speak very, very bad Italian, but I understand Italian because I took it in high school. That's it. That's and then I, And then, never mind. It's, I can't say the other one. It's very, yeah, it's very important to learn different languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Well, for one, job opportunities. You, you, you that's the, well, that's the most important reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like if, you, if you go to any job, you're like, yeah, I speak five languages. You know, the languages are basically uh, a map for programming. So your brain works... The, the way your brain works is related directly to your language. Mm-hmm. The more languages you learn, the different ways that your brain have, you know, have yeah. to, to, resolve, to solve problems and do stuff like that. So the more languages you have, your brain have more tools to, to solve problems, believe it or not. Wow, <laughs> very cool. Yes, that's the insight. That's crazy, <laughs> how many languages. And you speak three, you understand five. Mm-hmm. Understand. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, how did you get into music? Music. Well, uh, my I always was around musicians and artists. My my sister was a famous actress in Venezuela back in the day, and she was dating one of the best guitar players, if not the best guitar player in Venezuela back in the day. So, you know, my interest for music was grown by her. She showed me all kinds of different music, mostly American rock and, and you know, derivates from there. Because in Venezuela, everybody basically just listened to Latin music, like salsa, merengue, and stuff like that. But, you know, she introduced me to rock, to different types of rock and to different stuff. And of course, it started to grow and grow and grow. And I'm, when I was around 13, I was able to buy my first instrument, which was a bass. And next day I was in classes with the brother or that guitar player that was one of the best bass players. And, you know, since then I've been playing. Now, professionally here in the United States, I started touring gigs around 2005 with different bands. Back in the day, I was working still with Andres. And, uh, you know, doing, doing work during the week and then uh, playing on the weekends. And little by little, the work with the bands started to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow to the point that I didn't did nothing else but music for the last, I would say, since at least 2008, it's been just straight music. Sometimes I've been great, sometimes I've been bad. But the last five years, five, six years, I've been amazing the amount, the amount of uh, work that I have that I don't need to work and nothing else but music it's amazing before COVID I was averaging uh, you know like doing like around 10 gigs a week three on Sundays two on Saturdays two so on how, Fridays how, so what does that mean so three on Sunday so an hour each or no usually like it's like three hours or four hours and there are three sets that's the regular for all the places and even for, even for the private parties. Where do you fit that? How do you fit 12 hours? Well, three, it's three different locations? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Like, well, sometimes, but the majority of those gigs were done at the Alburun in Fort Lauderdale okay. on the beach. So <clears throat> I would do 12 to 4, then 4.30 to 8.30, then all the way to 1 o'clock. And then, well, the, the, the real crazy days, I would go at the end to Fat Cats 
een ding die jij nog in huis en al die auto's vastklappen in de morgen. And then back at the upper room the next day? And then back at the next day. Okay. <laughs> Just making, clearing that up. We, I mean, yeah, it, it was a lot of gigs. And Fridays and Saturdays, we do at least one at the upper room in the afternoon and then private parties or, or the bars. And Thursdays the same. So you, the, the week will start on Wednesday and will will not stop. At the beginning, it was too crazy because um, when I when I recently entered into the album room because it was very chaotic, the, the singer that we have over there, amazing singer, amazing singer, and with that charisma to the roof, but we will drink too much. Like, I will be for the whole week drinking, and by Monday, I will try to remember what if I <laughs> actually eat something on the week, and I, I couldn't tell you if they did eat or not. No way. Jager, 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 Jager. They did numbers and they were saying like we were drinking around 10 shots a set. So imagine, so we do six sets. So 60 shots each one. Each one on the band. And so you was that last set, you guys probably <laughs> I don't know. I don't I can tell you because I don't remember. <laughs> Great parties. I mean, the people in the last set are probably, what language are these guys speaking? <laughs> oh, you have no idea. Terrible. But, you know, like now it's way more cleaner. You know, like five years ago, we, we started to clean a little bit, not drinking. Yeah, only five shots instead of 10 now. Yeah, just Something five like shots that. Yeah. <laughs> that. Only five shots if we're planning on flying a plane later. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, actually, actually, now that you say it's completely true. What? <laughs> when we play. Early, we try not to drink that much because we know it's another another gig. So <laughs> we know we're gonna drink it that one. <laughs> that sounds like the professional alcoholics. Yes, uh, we are lucky, you know, because I gotta I gotta I gotta give it to them. You know, like the Penrose family, which, which owns uh, the elbow room, they treat us like family, like for real. Michelle and Tracy and Mike. What family? What are they called? The Penrose. Payrons? Penrons. They are famous down here. Pembrons. Pembrons. Shout out to the Pembrons. Shout out to the Pembrons. They are the owners of uh, Nikki Beach. Okay. Your so, Beach. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Her name's Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> That's my nickname. So, yeah, they, they have been forever here. Everybody knows where, you know, adult people knows Pembrons mm. on, on, on South Florida. So, have you ever played with anybody prominent or controversial? Several. Several controversial people, yes. Oh, I Let's start with the most controversial. Uh, I don't know. How, you cannot say controversial, but you know. Like, well, you know, the most uh, R-rated. Oh, so you want to go there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a tip that there might be an interesting R-rated story. My, my, my good, good friend... Uh, Bell Ruder uh, is a super, 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 super famous uh, porn star. One of the, one of the very. <laughs> you can say it again in three, two, one. Porn stars. Porn stars. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and he was a drummer. He's still a drummer. He's an amazing oh, drummer. Oh shit, we're talking about a dude. Yes. 
I was completely lost. I thought we were talking about a girl. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> the girls came later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dale DeBone, Dale Ruder, famous, super famous pornster, super amazing guy, uh, great drummer, all kinds of crazy stories with him from, you know, back in, I would say, 2005 all the way to 2011, we did shows together. Nice. From here to the Keys to, we did the Daytona bike show, I remember. We did it with Mike Jalonowski, which, you know, everybody called him like Dallas, and Andy Barrow, which is an amazing guitar player producer. Um, ah, those shows were wild. Wow. Because, you know, uh, with, with, with Dell, he was one of the, the guys that the create all the band bros and all that stuff and the milf hunter the milf hunter was all the time at the album with us and they will bring all the porn star girls because they know them we play and on the you know that the porn con i don't know how you call it the that conference i don't that, watch porn so i don't know <laughs> that por that, that that conference that they do down here i'll take for, your word for it for the porn well whatever I'll and we play word. there and it was great because you know at that specific gig, uh, the girls didn't have a place to change, so they started to change behind the drums. Like, hey guys, can we change here? Yeah, of course. They <laughs> get naked there. No. This is amazing. And I met all the forces of, of, of the time with Dell, which was everybody. They would go to the bars to see us on Fort Lauderdale and that town, or in, on the old Hard Rock and all those bars. Always at least three or four different porn stars, males and females. Have you ever thought about writing a book? No. You should write a book. No, why? I, I barely speak English. What are you talking about? <laughs> write, a, write a book in Spanish. <laughs> this is better. This is better. This is his book. You should write a book. I'm not even lying. <sighs> I mean, just in the last 30 minutes, we've covered a generation of MMA fighting, rock star life with... Porn, the most famous porn star ever with New City every night, 60 shots a night. <laughs> I'm about to ask you how the hell you got into flying, why you got into flying. Were you bored? You're like, what else can I do? I didn't get it. I, I don't know how to fly. You were flying a plane yesterday. Yes. Exactly. We Who lets you fly a plane? The guy that was with me. You want to fly, fly. And he just walked away, and I was like, okay. Oh, you were by yourself? Oh, yeah, in the plane. Like, in the controls, yeah. Wait, but did he guide you how to get off and how to land? No. <laughs> that man has too much trust. No, I didn't land at all. I just fly around. My, uh, so you jump off? I just flew. I fly on top of Miami. So how'd you land? The, the, the guy landed. The guy landed. That's what I was asking. I thought I was asking. Yeah, no, the guy landed. Alone. No. The guy landed. Oh, but you flew around. Like a lot. Yeah, but Im imagine. How many drinks in your system? He, the only thing he explained me was if I turn, it's going to go down. So I got to pull it so it goes out every time I turn. So I start to turn around and go. I went 995, then turn around, went to the beach. I, I off, might have seen him yesterday. I turned off the engine by mistake. Then I turned it on again. Oh, yeah, minor, minor she problem. She went down. No when problem. I did that. So then I turned it on and then pull it. He's... Maybe. Yeah, like you do. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to fly a plane with you. 
<laughs> he might just be flying the plane. So was it yesterday your one time flying the plane? Have you done it before? No. Well, I've done. You know, I, I'm scared of planes, but but I but I can I can do it. I just do it. I, I've done crazy stuff back in the day in Venezuela. Listen, if I was scared, I'm scared of snakes. Dad. I'm not gonna go handle a snake. You're scared Why of not? planes, and you go fly a plane. Well, it's, it's, it, this is the situation with me. I never learned to say Yola. no yeah. to anything. So good friends of mine, they trust, they tell me, hey, do this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I can't wait to see what, next, what, what else he's going to post on his Instagram next week. Yeah. Skydiving off of the Empire State Building. <laughs> if your friend asks you to do it. <laughs> like, there's stories that I, sh- I, can't, I mean, there's stories. I will tell you stories in, in, in off private, air. off, 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 off stuff. Oh my god! You can't do that. There's some stories that I can, I cannot, I cannot say. Legally, okay, don't worry, don't worry, it's okay. Just a quick recap, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna add time cards at 33 minutes, so we could like during the video, be like, if you want to skip forward to the porn stars, you want to skip forward to. Image, uh, irresponsibly driving airplanes <laughs> or skip forward to MMA, we could go. Mm-hmm. I've been very interested into something you're very excited about, what? which is Warhammer. All right. Okay, so there's a, is it a board game? Is it a, what, what is it, a video game? Is it a, because a, a, I want to I wanna first explain what it is. All of the above. Yeah. So Warhammer 40,000, it's 40,000 or 40K, either one. 40K. Uh, well, 40K. Uh, in fact, there's two setups. One is called Warhammer Fantasy. Well, now they sco- it's, uh, now I have another name because they basically redid it. They, they destroyed it and, and created like a new setup for that game. It's, that one is basically uh, based on the Lord of the Rings directly. So you have basically the same races and all the stuff. It looks like Warcraft. Everybody knows Warcraft. But the funny thing is that it doesn't look like Warcraft. Warcraft looks like Warhammer. Warhammer's older. There's a story I can I can we can we can I can explain you the whole thing. Because the the, the reason with me, I I'm I'm an artist. I love mm-hmm. art. So if I see something that's like cool, grabs my my eyes, I want to know about it. And there is a YouTuber. I wish I, I, I have his name. I'm going to link it. I'll put it in the description. There's a video he made. He's an animator. Mm-hmm. He made an animator about Fort Warhammer 40K. Mm-hmm. He made like a three-part short. He did everything by himself, all the animation by himself, and it looks crazy. Wow. And what, what is the name of the, of the, of the animation? That's the, I'll, I'll, I'll show you after. Mm-hmm. If you YouTube Astartes. just... Yes, 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 yes. Astartes. Astartes. You seen those animations? Yeah. It's insane. The dude, he did, it was one person who did all of that. Mm-hmm. And have you seen Loss of Hope? He did everything he did. I saw. Have you seen Loss of Hope? This is the thing. Right now, mm-hmm. in this specific time of moment, the main company of Warhammer is called Games Workshop. It's shutting down. All the guys are doing fan animations on YouTube, including this Astartes, because they are uh, absorbing them because they just did the Warhammer TV. So all the animations, or all the studios that were doing fan-based animations on YouTube, they or absorb them 
or cut them off or cut them off completely because they, they you know they you gotta understand they gotta try to protect their it's like star wars yeah, yeah, yeah you know so did our starters get hired yeah good he's doing a starters too like this guy is a god tier level animator have you seen help have you seen hell's reach anything he's done i've seen there is another animator that did hell's reach is based in an unbelievable book uh, of a specific battle, a specific war in, 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 the, in, the, in the Warhammer universe. And what he did was he took the audio version, the games version did of the book and did a full animation to the point that actually that animation is the, the ones that make the people from Warhammer say, like the people from Games Workshop say, like, we got to do something. And they just create the Warhammer TV and just went live in August. Wow. Because I've, I've been, after I saw that, I, start, I saw the, the video. So I follow a YouTube channel called Corridor. Okay. And they they do like these videos called, because um, they're all about special effects. It was like special effects artists react. Okay. And they reacted to his video and they were like losing their mind over it. And I, I, that's the first time I had an encounter. So I always heard of Warhammer, never really paid attention to it. And then I saw that video that they, they reacted to, and I'm like, that looks crazy. The art looks insane. The the character models, the space marines. And so I started looking a little bit more into it. I saw some YouTube videos where they explained the lore a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's like giant cities on like uh, tank t- tracks that, that move. Well, I mean, it's super, super, super rich and complex to, yeah. to try to explain that universe because what happened is it's been in develop for so many years since I think that since uh, 1987 they have been writing about it. So it's another, you know, like the in the community, there is like the three big sci-fi universe. So you have Star Wars, which is the biggest one right now. You have Star Trek, for years was the biggest, and you have Warhammer, all right? Those are like the three big uh, skyfish. There's another one, the Battletech, and you know, there's several other ones. Warhammer specifically is the most, how <laughs> explain this? Um, there is a meme to explain this perfect. Like when you are a kid, you wanna be a Jedi, in, in Star Wars, all right? Mm-hmm. When you're a, 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 an adolescent or maybe even all, all the way to college, you you wanted the, the universe to be, or, or society works as Star Trek. You know, Federation stuff, you know, you know. You don't want to be Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I understand that, that a little bit because every video I see, every, the Space Marines are like highly tortured in every aspect of the way. Everything is like horrible. Earth is like, I know Earth is like the, the main basis where everyone came from still, mm-hmm. but it's there's no water on Earth, there's no resources. It's just on one Earth. city. It's just one huge, ginormous city, city run by like one, like the the king or whatever you want to yeah, call the emperor, correct. and everyone else like slaves around. But, you know, there's to, to talk about Warhammer and lore, you got to talk about uh, Doom. It's, it's, it's pretty much based on the novel, on the original novel Doom. There's an emperor. Of course, they took, when they create Warhammer, they took stuff from every single universe and they put it together. That's why it's so rich. But they did, they did it in a very intelligent way in which it's still a parody, because the reality was a parody of everything. 
but they make it so logical that you when you when you see it and you when you read the the, the books you're like we're going there yeah. like humanity is going there <laughs> like it's not there's i mean there is a part that might be fantasy but humanity is going there like in terms of the barren earth with no resources i agree and that's nothing like i can tell you horrible things that, that, that exist in, in that universe that that make any other any other story of horror or anything that you can imagine look like nothing um let's let's put it this way for example uh warhammer 40k is called 40k because it's in the year 40,000. all right so when you are in the narrative of the 40,000, there is a specific uh, timeline over there that goes all the way down to the 30,000, which is like a mythology of how the 40,000 came to happen. And it has been a stagnant, like recently in the last, like maybe three or four years, they move it a little bit forward. But like, that's where the, all the games, all the, all the, the original tabletop game with the miniatures and all this stuff, it's like a, like a chess game, but you know. It's like Dungeons and Dragons, right? But yeah, but no, this is more like a chess game. Really? And you, you put, imagine that you have, you know, in chess you have your army basically, mm -hmm. okay? But imagine that each of the things that you have costs points, you know, certain amount of points, whatever it is, and you can exchange it with other stuff and you can have maybe three queens, but you don't have nothing else and you're going to fight against an army. So this is how that type of, games happen so you, you have a list of all the units that you have in your army you decide what to put how to use it and stuff and the other army the other guy has got his own army he put it together whatever he wants and then you guys clash and that's it so amazing <laughs> i can't wait to learn more about it i really i'm i'm i've been addicted to youtube videos about the lore about um the astartes videos it's freaking crazy Astartes explains on an amazing level, how uh, a, a space marine, uh, a home of Stargis. Because that, that to me is the most interesting part of Warhammer is the space marines. The really? So far, so far, so far, <laughs> so far. That's where, far. Where did you get to the custodies? <laughs> to the what? Custodies. Custodies, okay. Don't, don't spoil it. Okay, it's, in Warhammer, there is something that we call it. There is always an, a level up. Uh -huh. So you have... How, how we can start this? Oh my God. All right. Imagine everything that you can imagine. All the movies of science fiction from Alien to Star Trek to Mad Max. Everything happened already. Terminator, we fought with the machines. Uh, anything that can happen already happened in Warhammer Chronicles. Okay? And the humanity got to the worst point in history where planet earth was like mad max like the last mad max yeah the whole planet was like that barren desert barren desert because of nuclear war everybody uh you know like poison radiation poisoning some warriors they have power fighting a, a, a complete disaster how the wizards come out of that this emperor suddenly appears and he starts to unify people. He creates uh, a group of 
uh, mortified um, warriors to help him to do this, all right? And he have, he's, you know, he have like a two type of warriors with him. One, they were called the Thunder Warriors. They were humans modified genetically just to fight. And he had like his personal guard that were called the Custodes. Completely different than, than the other ones. These ones were in gold when the Thunder Warriors were in armor, in black armor, they call it. With guns, the, 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 the basic gun of the Space Marines was used basically for these guys too. It's called Volter. Volter is, is not like a projectile, it's not like a gun that we know. It's pretty much, if you think about it, it's like a missile launcher. Because the, the bullets are 20, 20 millimeters or 28 millimeters and they propel themselves and they explode. Uh, so ridiculous weaponry. And, and he decided to, you know, unify the whole earth because we were, at that point, he decided, like, I gotta, uh, you know, help him, otherwise, we don't wanna be any more humanity. So, he tried to do, what he wanted to do is unify the earth under logic, no more religion, and, you know, try to stop all the problems of religions and obscurantism, or what do you call it? Darkness. Mm -hmm. You know, try to make it light, like, no, we need to to rule humanity through logic. That was his stuff. To the point where he actually did it. In the process, he realized that, you know, there were other planets because this was the lowest point of the humanity. The highest point, we have a federation with other alien races. So we have planets. We haven't colonized planets. And that was before planets. Mad Max or after Mad Max? This is before the emperor because this is the thing so you right? got so we were to a super high high and then and we went down and when we were about to get finished when this guy appeared so this is the year 30,000 so from now all the way there happens all the stuff that I was telling you so from two, from 2020 2020 all the way to 40,000 10,000 something we have wars uh all kinds AI. of crazy AI, alien wars, evolution of, of the human race. So the, 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 the humans uh, were able to, the humans start to become psychic. So the psychic, the evolution of the humans start to really happen. So people, they start to read their minds and having strange powers and stuff like that. Then we discover the world, which is basically like a fifth dimension. The fifth dimension is right next to us. You shouldn't call it dimensions because, you know, in reality, physically, we know it exists 13 dimensions already. So this is not, we shouldn't call it a dimension. We can call it like a, the next part of the universe. They, it is uh, intrinsic to us. So basically, all the souls are uh, feeding from that side. And that side is feeding from all the sentiments and all the stuff that we create. And then the demons and all the stuff that lives in that place, so it's basically hell. So whatever. <laughs> we discovered warp, then they discovered a way to travel to warp. Was so, there a warp war ever? Yeah. 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 There is there is war with demons. There is actually demons. And that's the best 
that's for me that's the best explanation of the real hell the real stuff because the videos i've seen they make earth look like hell but then they make um there's a different planet where there were people in mechs but the mechs were the size of like Titans. four four dubai but, towers well the thing is the thing is this it's, it's so complex to talk about so everything. much like there is basically two two uh types of human society there is more but all of them like subdivide from these two mates the regular human society that is it can be feral it can be a democracy it can be uh a dictatorship that it can be whatever so there's still regular humans in the year 40,000 yes and there is the me the cult mechanicum, which this is like a cult that believe that the god is a machine, and the emperor is just the omnisaya of the machine. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's accepted. And is it a good it's accepted because because they do all the weapons and all the machinery and all the stuff, and they don't want to fight with them. So they are based on Mars, mm -hmm. and and the rest and the and the other humans are based on Earth. So it's Basically, the, that's the that's the the the, 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 the main place of the Imperium is Mars and Earth, mm -hmm. and from there, you know, it has subdivisions. Too. So the, the the Mechanicum does all the armament, all the armor, all the technology for all of them, and their main armies. You know, they, they are the ones that construct the the, the ships and the Titans. Like the main army that, that, that really exists in the, in the 40k for the period. Like you can have space marines, and space marines are amazing, and they will, it's like a scalpel to, to, to whatever they will do. But yeah, so what, what is a, a space marine? Is it, are they genetically modified as well? Yeah, but way more than normal. For example, at that time, a, a, a person with money or with a career can say that mm -hmm. in any of the society or in the different societies of the different planets will live like around 300 years or more there is procedures of rejuvenation so you can keep living for a long time space marine that's that's a modified human yeah, yeah all right because you know little things and stuff maybe chain an organ put a stuff to get a bionic for a, an eye so you can see better Maybe change an arm, whatever. The space marines, what I do with the space marines is they go a procedure more and more complex. They they change their genetic patterns. They put more organs, so you can have. A, usually they they recruit those guys when they are like fifteen maximum, fifteen years old, and they start to put all the information that come from the primarchs. That's other part of the story, and okay. Let's start from the primary. <laughs> the emperor uh -huh. decided he needs to reclaim all the planets of the galaxy. They were lost colonies. He knew he cannot do it by himself, so he created the space marines. How he created the space marines? Originally, he had a plan to create twenty superhumans at his level. Because he knew he couldn't be in every single place at every single time. 
each one of these superhumans will have characteristics from him and part of his genetic material. And plenty of other stuff that is super complicated to explain right now. But these were basically demigods in all aspects that you can see. It will be pretty much impossible to kill one of these guys. They will look human and in the process of creating these guys, something happened. I don't want to spoil the, the lore for people who wants to get into the day. So hold the, on, hold on. We're going to spoil it. Spoiler warning. St leave. Uh, the, the official story <laughs> is that something happened and they got scattered uh -huh. all the way on the galaxy. The Space Marines. The Primarchs. The Primarchs, okay. These 20 super unbelievable guys. Mm -hmm. They got scattered and when they were babes, you know. So the emperor was lucky that he had all the uh, genetic information of each one of them, and from each one of them, he created an army of space marines called the legions. The legions of the space marines. These space marines basically took a human, you put the genetic information of the primarch plus a bunch of organs, like crazy stuff. Like what, like three hearts? Two hearts, three lungs, uh, uh, organs that make your 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 bones thicker, like like the, the this is all 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 uh, solid solid like so there's no ribs there's no ribs like that everything all, all this is solid uh, they have uh, different they can spit venom they can eat the brain of somebody and absorb the the information the informations, the, the most recent um, uh, memories. Like if they are in space, they will uh, separate something on the skin, so protect the skin. So they can survive in space? For short periods of time, okay. but they can. Now the, prim the primary, there is story of the primary running on top of a fucking ship in the, in the space. <laughs> So, so I, I have a question. How do you get all your information? Do you read the books? Is it like the books? Is is that's not that's now that you have all the information in YouTube? Yeah, I'm old school. I've been doing this since 1997. So what? You just been reading the books, and yeah, that's how you've learned everything? Yeah, and, and it's funny because for me, for many years there was like the horse heresy, for example, which is a, a big event in the Warhammer 40k, was just a couple paragraphs and. When you talk about Primark, back in the day, it was like mythology. Like, they would not tell you nothing. They would tell you here and there. Now, they did the whole explanation of the horror heresy. Let me get to the horror heresy so you understand what I'm saying. The Emperor decided to do the Space Marines, went through the galaxy with the Space Marines, and started to reclaim the Primarchs in the different colonies. Mm -hmm. And one by one, we're finding each of the Primarchs. Some of them joined him. You know, with no problem, some of them give a problem, but in the end they join. And each one of them join their different armies. Alright? The first one that he found is Oros. And he was the favorite one. So, and this is when it comes the part of the that they say that the Bible is not history, it's prophecy. That's a big story inside the Warhammer stuff. That the Bibles that we have written right now mm -hmm. is not history of a prophecy so that God created the angels and the most beautiful angel fought against God so God created the primers and always fought against the emperor so he did the Horus heresy he took 
10 of the uh, half of the of the of the primaries with their legions and they tried to kill him wow. and that civil war almost destroyed everything that the emperor did and that was after like 250 years of of the conquest of the galaxy with they call it the great crusade and some of the a bunch of those primers you know so half went bad there's nobody bad in, in warhammer just different poison different poison <laughs> It's like more reality because it, you know, like, and this is this is what happened. For is it the same way how Hitler didn't think he was bad? Huh? Is it the same way how like Hitler doesn't think he's bad? But the, the, exactly. Like, okay. like it's it's you don't you don't need to go that that radical. But you can say, you know, between uh, uh, boas and alligators, who is the bad one? No, you just try to survive. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's the same. You have different races in the universe and everybody's trying to survive. That's it. And that's why it's so precarious for human for the human race because we are surviving. We're not trying. We are surviving. <laughs> Even with those things that I'm telling you, we're telling you, we're talking about demigods. We're talking about weapons that will destroy a planet. And actually, a planet is destroying Warhammer like nothing. Yeah. Like in any other story, destroy a planet, oh my god. We destroy a planet. In Warhammer, it's like, a, okay, we lost another one. <laughs> Good night. How many people we lost? Almost a trillion. Ah, that's okay. Warhammer's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Warhammer's so cool. I've, I've, I need, so, do you, have you played the games? Yeah. Have you played the... So, what kind of games? I have a big collection. I have a web... I have an Instagram you have an Instagram dedicated to your Warhammer collection. Just for my collection. Yes. What is it? Mockleys. That Warhammer collection. It'll be in the description. In Instagram. Well, that's where I'm gonna. I I I you know because you gotta put them together and paint them and I have a big collection. Oh, you have like okay, I see. So. Like garage kits. At one point, I just I have so many, and at one point I decided, or I sell everything. And I just keep just reading my books, or I sit down and paint them. So I start to paint them, and I realize that they never gonna get as good as I want. So I, I just start to doing uh, commissions. So I contact some of the best painters in the planet and send them pieces, and they paint them for me. Awesome. Um, oh, I was gonna talk. I don't know what I was gonna ask. It was, it was about painting, about miniatures, Instagram. I completely forgot what I was gonna ask. Oh, are there any like super crazy monsters in Warhammer? Because <laughs> 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 we keep talking like all these uh, mechs, humans, demigods, bro. They're like, how you like them? <laughs> oh, I like them scary. Big and scary, yeah. lots of teeth. Imagine this. You saw Tentacles. The you saw the way alien? Yeah. Okay. The xenomorph. Worst. The, the xenomorph queen. That's nothing. The xenomorph hybrid with the predator. This. There is a race in Warhammer called the Tyrannids, all right? Mm -hmm. You can say it's based on the xenomorph type of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, very similar. But whoa, 
just a name that was created by somebody and there is a good law. This is, it's called the Great Devourer. And it's going to eat everything on the galaxy. Like planets? Or? Literally. And it's doing it right now. So the humans are like, we're going to get killed. Like every race right now is saying like, we're, and they just arrived to the galaxy. To the, to so do they eat planets or are they small and they eat things inside the planet? No, in my, in my, for example, we are here one day. Okay. And then the sky just gets dark. With trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of creatures of your nightmares. And each creature is designed to do something. And every time you fight with the creatures and you kill them, the man, because it's one conscious, that conscious understands what's going on and, by, and, and genetically, learns. By genetically learns and creates another creature to fight with that problem. So is that how you stop the trillions? By killing the conscious? And you just kill and kill and kill and kill and kill. Some of, some of, the, some of the planets have survived. Uh, one of the biggest examples there is, is the, home, the home planet of the ultramarines, which is one of the most famous space marines. It was attacked by one of the first uh, tendrils of, of, of tyrannids. And they, they were able to stop them, but they suffered horrendous casualties in the regular population and in the space marines. So, so the Tyranids leave? Like, no, like, oh, they go, they eat the whole planet. No, no, but like with the ultramarines. Uh -huh. They realize they're going to lose that fight and they, they evacuated? No. So the ultramarines were able to just kill everything? Everything. Okay. In that case, in specific. That's very sometimes, sometimes the, the, the mind understands is losing too much biomass and just move. But she lived whatever she put there, and they move. But if the if the mind dies, does everything die? But there's no way to kill it. How is there no way to kill it? Because it, it is each of the big ships, which is another. All of them are like cousins, like it's like a race, mm -hmm. and they create from the smallest things to the biggest things. Mm -hmm. uh, they are all interconnected, and it's part of a cell of the main uh, consciousness. Of course there is certain like they, they say there is a north queen they give information but they have five different north queens and they have killed them and the stuff is still continuing. so are the, are the tyrannids considered the biggest threat in warhammer one of them yeah you have the tyrannids you have the necrons which is one of the original races they start to waking up after millions of years it's a race that got to a level of technology unimaginable for anyone of us to a point where they're actually, they were in a fight millions of years ago with the originals, with the old ones, they create all the little races. And actually, all, basically all the races that are in the galaxy right now were created during that war because they went to war with these Necrons. They were called the Necrotids. They're an unbelievable amount of technology to a point where they actually discovered they were entities on the center of stars. So these entities, uh, they were able to grab them and give them, you know, like a body, and they created Satan uh, gods. One of the most famous Satan gods is death. That's why all of the races in, in the universe see that image and they fear it naturally, like the death with the death with the horse and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's where. That fear comes. 
It's funny because you dress like a dad and come and, and show yourself to the dogs. You gotta fucking run over there. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I've gotten from this conversation is that if I, I don't want to be in that world, in that universe. I'd rather be in Star Wars. But um, if I was in that universe, I'd rather I'd want to be an ultramarine. I don't want to be a space marine. Fuck that. No. Oh, are you crazy? Who would you want to be? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> If you had to pick. You are in Warhammer. Yeah. You had to pick. This is the thing. I start Warhammer and I love the Blood Angels. Yeah. I know a Space Marine race. Uh, I know a Space Marine army. Yeah. Since I saw it, I fall in love with the guys. I have a huge army of Blood Angels. I love the characters. Some of the best characters in the, in the game. Um, are they immortal? Nobody's immortal except for certain specific guys in the Warhammer uh, lore. But, the, the but they, they live, they have really long lives. Thousands of years. Yeah, like the, uh, the actual chapter master right now, the, the chief of them have been in, 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 in command of them for like a thousand and a hundred years. So the guy's like a 1500 years old. Dandy. And right now is is the, something happened with the lore tell you they move this story forward the galaxy is cut in two so it's the ringgit of the area is far away from earth right now so and they're vampires right. oh they're vampires yeah they're vampires <laughs> would you want to be in that world no thank you what world would you want to be in i would be did they have animals they have animals yes okay. they have cute animals yeah, there, there is there is plenty of, there there is plenty of planets that are dedicated just for agriculture. I would be one of those. There is plenty of planets that are just uh, for manufacturing. Like there is parallel there is parallel planets that never seen. You know, in 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 in, in general, the the regular human population they're lucky if they ever see a space marine. This is so vast. We're talking about millions and millions and millions and millions of planets with distances of millions and millions and millions of millions of miles between them. And there is less than one space marine per planet if you put them all together. I was with us. So half half a space marine per planet? No, so, some of them don't have space marines. So, you know, and the space marines are, are right now, the space marines are put together in chapters. They're of a thousand levels, so a thousand space marines, which is more than enough to conquer a whole solar system, like ours, with different planets. Thousand of those guys with the ships and the weapons that they have, they are, you gotta understand, they are modified genetically, not just to be strong. They're modified genetically to be sharp to be more intelligent to be able to to um, make a million decisions faster than a regular human being like if he goes and like a, a space marine sit down in a, in a, in a naval ship in a, in, a, in a ship on the space he will have way more information coming to him than all the humans that are working for him so he can take decisions faster like he would know when the torpedo is going to hit, if he shoot them, even if the ship is 100,000 kilometers away. 
and he can move this way because the solar, you know, the, the amount of he's overpowered. Yeah, okay. yeah, and 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 then you have the primers which are way crazy, and then the emperor is all you know, and then you have the demon primers because remember I told you demons uh, half went bad. Mm-hmm. They are all the, all of them are demon princes, right? And then we get into chaos. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the chaos is um, like the bad thing we will have later demons and all this stuff. So is the story still evolving today? Like there's still more yeah, stories well, moving forward. Yeah, and are you keeping up to date with that as yeah. well? We're gonna end it there. <laughs> There's we just could, I can tell you we, we could do we could go into Warhammer for hours. And you know what? I wanna go into it for hours when I catch up, which probably you know what? I probably have a chance to catch up with all the YouTube videos now. Correct. I can just sit down because I've I've watched probably a total of like fifteen hours worth of Warhammer content mm-hmm. in the last week. Because <laughs> it was just so it's just so cool. Like like I told you, the Space Marines to me are the most interesting part. I still haven't gotten into the Primarchs, Demons. I didn't even know there were Demons. So, Orcs? Have you seen the Orcs? The one, those are like the, the, like the, they can put like orbs around themselves, right? Okay. They can put like a giant energy shield around them. Mm, yeah, you, they could. They are, you're going to love the Orcs. I can't wait for the Orcs. The Orcs is a race created for fighting. They don't have, they don't have girls. So he's, oh, they reproduce by spores. I want to be an orc. So they just <laughs> fight and fight and fight and fight. And it's in their nature. That's what they like. Oh, that's good. Orc. Thank you, Marley, so much. This has been the most interesting all over the place podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we started We started with, with MMA. Ended up with intergalactic demon ultra space marine battles, and somewhere in there he's a pilot and he's the porn uh, porn stars. <laughs> <laughs> so we're ending it there. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank, Thank you for having me.